0: I yeah. just said it again.
1: We're so excited. Um We're
0: always so excited. Well, this is
1: an exciting thing that we get to do. So, duh. Um what's today's topic, Taylor? <sighs> today's topic is self-sabotage. <laughs> yes, so. we are talking about self-sabotage today. And
0: I think I feel like <sighs> most people know what self self-sabotage is, but I don't think they f- we realize the full extent of like what self-sabotage is at least i always knew what it is i know i have experience with it but i didn't realize just how much it plays into like a day-to-day role like relationships work sports
1: whatever it is that you're doing it yeah carries such an impact um yeah i mean it's something that you do in so many areas of your life and i don't think that people actually even realize in how many areas of their life that they're doing this um, which is kind of wild to me because I think when people think of self-sabotage, the majority will probably think of it in like relationships. Mm-hmm. And you can apply self-sabotage in the workplace. You can apply it to your relationships. You can apply it to... Just we taking at. risks like applying for a job or like what you were good at. Like yeah. not
0: going for something because you don't, you're not sure if you have what it takes. And I think that a lot of the times... We don't even realize we do it because it all stems from something. And when we have these like repetitive negative behaviors, it kind of goes along with like our attachment styles. And if we have an avoidant attachment style or like an insecure attachment style, we repeat these negative behaviors over and over again because they're familiar. And as humans, we seek comfort and familiarity. So we don't always realize when we are doing it. But that's why I feel like it's so important to kind of acknowledge and like when we're going to run from something, or if we're not going to pursue something, or if we're like messing something up, and then afterwards we're like, "Why the heck did I do that?" Like I, I would never normally do that. Yeah, we're self sabotaging, and we don't even realize it. So yeah,
1: even saying it out loud, I think, um, helps you yeah break the cycle. Yeah, no, I I do agree with that. I um I feel like a lot of people have certain habits when it comes to self-sabotage and then like they turn into patterns and it can be shown in so many different forms and I think that I think that for me, I know one pattern that I noticed a couple years ago was actually that I would always leave my relationships before someone left me. And I remember coming to this realization and I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, why do I do this? And I started to like really kind of like dig deep into my childhood, and it all literally stemmed from my parents' divorce and how they separated. And you know, this is why I'm so big on communication is because there was zero communication with me as a child when my parents were making that move. And you know, that one traumatic experience then later showed up in all my relationships as, as an adult. And I think that. Me taking the time to really understand like where it came from helped me to then heal that trauma and then realize what that pattern was and then put a stop to that pattern because I don't do that anymore. I feel like I now know when it's time to walk away from something because it genuinely doesn't serve like any good purpose, but it's not because I'm scared of someone leaving me. I know that when people when I'm if I'm ever interested in someone and if I'm in a relationship with someone, it's there's always going to be that possibility However, that doesn't mean that it's going to scare me from trying to fix whatever the situation is, unless there's, unless you're hitting like that certain point, obviously, where it's like, no, like this is unhealthy, and we need to move like our own separate ways. Yeah. Like, so I that thought, yeah, yeah. So like, I thought that that was so crazy to me that I came to that realization when I was, uh, it was actually like right before COVID hit. I think a lot of
0: times too, like talking to you about it makes me nervous. And I don't know you, why. No, I hear you. You prioritize like taking your power back. Yeah. And I think you do that a lot and it's almost like you're trying to prove a point to yourself, like uh-huh. I'm in control of the narrative, yeah. I'm in control of the situation. Yeah. And because maybe in the situations that you had as a child, you, I wasn't you felt powerless. In control. I yeah, in you weren't control out of control. You had no say. So now you're like, this is like it's kinda like me, me like
1: making sure that like my inner child is taken care of. It's like, No, I'm gonna leave before you leave me because I, this has happened to me before, and like, I don't want to feel that way, and I want to make sure that I'm the one that has that power. And yeah, I do think that you're right, but
0: and I think where it can sabotage people is like, not everyone is going to leave you, yeah. And I think we need to know that, yeah, I believe in life more people are probably going to leave you than are not, but I think it's. More important and gratifying to take the risk of potentially losing someone than not taking the risk at all because it's like you get it's kind of like you have two options and two outcomes you leave when because you want to avoid getting hurt and then you never see where that goes, or the second option. You, don't you leave. try it
1: and then and who knows it might turn maybe, into something yeah. so beautiful. Maybe it
0: sucks and then it ends just like the first option would have but later. Or it could turn into something great or something that you're going to learn from. And even if you don't get the job that you applied for or you discover that you aren't that great at painting or whatever the heck is you want to do or you get your heart broken, you're going to... Get so much more growth yeah. having tried and not succeeded that then time around. Then, if you around, were to just quit, then if you were
1: to just not correct. Um, another form of like self sabotage that I've personally experienced with family members is when people don't feel like they're good enough or like deserving of something good for them. So their mentality goes into, well, this isn't going to last or I'm going to get this thing, but it's going to be taken away from me. So it's like, why would I even bother putting in that effort to getting something that I really, really want when it's going to be taken away from me? And I think that that mindset is like, like, I understand it because you've gone obviously through something traumatic as a child that made you think in that way. But is that really going to stop you from pursuing something That you are passionate about or that you really love or that you really want. Like, to me, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, and I I don't even think that a lot of people realize that they have that mentality sometimes. I know it's, it's. And I think that's one of the most common ones. It's like a
0: self insecure uh, mentality. And two sayings I think of with that is one, that things that come fast leave faster. And two, good things never last. And I don't know why these cliches are so popular, but yeah. I think that they're so wrong. Yeah. And just because it's a popular saying doesn't mean that it's true. That just yeah. means that there's a lot of negative people out there and we don't want that. We got to cut that shit and nip that in the butt. Yeah. Um, But I, I even think like I know you mentioned that your brother and I kind of have a similar mindset a little bit like in our history with that where I'm I totally don't. Take that into consideration anymore. But I started my career very young, and I was always and still am surrounded by older people. The people that I work with are usually older than me, especially when I was younger. And when my career first took off, I was like 19 years old. So when I would go out for a job or I'd be on set, like, and people, I don't know why. I I have a younger face, so people just love to ask that question, which I think is in the workplace kind of inappropriate. Honestly, you shouldn't be asking someone their age. But when I tell them that like I was nineteen, they'd be like, Oh. And everybody questions my age. Some people are shocked, but in it was few people were impressed that I was as far as I was at nineteen. A lot of people kind of looked at it as like, oh, she's only nineteen how can she be qualified to do this and that? Yeah. And I think it would make me second guess and self-sabotage a little bit because I'm like, oh, well, I'm so young. Like maybe I shouldn't be going out for this job or it'd make me second guess my work because I'm reminding myself of how old I am. And after a while, I literally had to cut that in the butt. And I think that's one of the habits that I've, self-sabotaging habits that I've grown from because I'm always going to be surrounded by older people. I date older people. I work with older people. I think mentally I hang out with older people because I just resonate with them better and conversation and that sort (laughs) of thing. And so I'm I'm never going to be in a situation where, well, I'm going to often be in a situation, I should say, that people comment about my age and how I'm young. And it used to bother me, but now it no longer does because anyone else can question my
1: capabilities or my maturity or my experience because of my age, but I Ultimately, know that I do you know, you're capable yeah. and you're qualified and you have the experience and you're passionate about what you do in that. I think that's what's, the most important thing and you know what you what you're talking about especially like in the workplace i think that's a lot of that's what a lot of people actually go through is that they go through that like imposter syndrome i feel like (laughs) i feel like when it comes to imposter syndrome like you can definitely apply that into a lot of different areas i feel like with creatives and people who do like content creation and like do social media marketing or like it can be like heavily 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 applied to that field as well and honestly i mean like it's not just that feel i think it's with anyone and anything but you just feel like this sense of like doubt and you feel like you're not qualified and you feel like you're a fraud when really you're you're way more than qualified to do the job that you're hired to do and i think that's when i think it's a great practice that you do is well why do i feel like this and it's like i know like deep down that i am qualified to do what it is that i'm doing and i'm passionate and i'm good at it so it's like, why does everyone else's opinion even matter at the end of the day? Because it, it doesn't. Yeah. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that. I also
0: think with the imposter syndrome and in this day and age, social media and stuff, I think that it's easy everybody, to play that comparison game. Yes. Yeah. Everybody portrays themselves away on social media and... I can almost guarantee you that nobody is 100% authentically themselves on social media. I'm not. I mean, who is going to like treat social media like a diary? And there are some people that are, but I guarantee you everyone's telling a story. It's like how it happened may not actually be how it happened. You don't see the behind
1: the scenes of all that stuff and how it comes to fruition.
0: I think that when you take social media out of it or you meet someone through social media or like now you have to go back to your real life. It's almost like people think like their social media alter ego, their, their real life self is not deserving of that. Like in a way, if that makes any sense, it's like two separate people and they're like, well, I'm not actually that, but everybody like you think I'm that. So I'm, I'm going to end this now because once you find out that I'm really this, you're, not going to want it anymore because you signed up for that.
1: Yeah. I actually like that you just said that that whole uh, thing about um, not feeling like you're deserving of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the first step when it comes to getting out of that mindset of like self-sabotage and um, imposter syndrome specifically is like having that conversation with yourself of like why you are deserving of all the things that you want in your life because Until you can actually have that conversation with yourself, you I don't think that you're going to be able to go into the right direction as into like how to get all of those things. Yeah. And it's like once you do get all those things, you're able to like also make sure that like shit like, wow, I I really did deserve all these good things that are happening to me and I want to attract more good things. And that's how you keep the ball rolling, which is phenomenal. I also think like you don't have to do
0: shit to deserve shit. You are deserving. I don't care. It's like we don't always have to bend over backward and do cartwheels and flip flops in order to be like, okay, I deserve this now. You could sit on your ass all day, never go outside, never work a day in your life and something good happens to you and you still deserve that good thing. It's not about you having to have gone through all these obstacles like, yeah, yeah. Those people who did and came out on the other side, maybe they came out a little bit stronger than you because they had to go all through all that to get there. But you're no less deserving. And I think that when, again, with the imposter syndrome, it's like, well, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Like, yeah, you you just existed. So you deserve it. Good job.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I think we can even tie that into like this podcast. Yeah. It's kind of wild, actually. I actually feel like we can tie this whole theme with the podcast because like i know for me i don't know how it is for you exactly i think that for me that there has been definitely times where i'm like who the fuck do i think i am like creating this fucking podcast (laughs)
0: literally like who the fuck do i think i I am?" i'm like i'm no professional (laughs) (laughs) especially though when i feel like there are aspects and portions of our life that have completely gone to shit and we're yeah. like, how can we get on a mic
1: and <laughs> like try to and, like give and people advice positivity in it. people's lives when my life is literally up in flames? <laughs> but-, <laughs> but see, I think that's like what makes this so successful is the fact that me and you have we have the capability to acknowledge that, you know what, like our lives are not perfect. They are literally going up in flames. We're learning times. with you guys. We're learning and healing with you. And like we we literally preach when we say that I think it's important to talk and normalize these conversations because it's going to help someone in some way eventually. And I know that when I first reached out to Taylor about this podcast, it was like a fucking impulse thing. Like I didn't think about it. I just I already had a mic. That I bought during fucking COVID and quarantine. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I bought the b- mic. I just know that I had to do it. And then I just put it in a drawer. And then a couple months later, I end up meeting Taylor. And we ended up hitting it off. And then we, I like, went month, to the mall and got month-
0: lunch. <laughs> like didn't even know each other. I was like... <laughs> And at the end of the lunch, we're like, so... uh, Literally, a month later? A month
1: later. I I just remember calling her and I was like, bitch, we need to just jump on this podcast. Fuck everything else that we had, like, ideas with. Like, the podcast is number one. I know. I was like, okay, I'll come over later. Yeah. And, like, not... Not once did I ever question the things that were like coming to me. However, there are other times where I know I self-sabotage with this podcast. And I think that's where I want to lead this conversation is that I tend to procrastinate with certain things. And so does Taylor, like when it comes to like our editing, when we had like fucking four weeks off in the summer. And that's not to say that we weren't going through shit at the time because I I definitely think we were. We, We had a lot on our plates and the podcast needed to be put on a little bit of a hold but it's like i don't know if in the back of my mind the real reason why i did that was because i don't know if i felt like i was deserving of it Mm -hmm. and that's why i feel like now when me and taylor talk about the podcast and you know how serious it is and all this stuff and where we see it like getting to it's important for me to remind myself of like me and taylor have so much to offer with this it's like unreal and i think that now i've come to a a place in my life where i'm like no like i know i deserve this and i know it's gonna get to where it's gonna get to and that's why i wanted to have this conversation of self-sabotage because people think that you know like me, me and her have our shit together we definitely don't we self-sabotage in ways that you guys don't even realize yep if I, want- I learned anything this last week, it's that my shit is, like, all the way,
0: all, all the way over here. I have yeah. some shit in Virginia. I've got <laughs> some shit in Massachusetts.
1: Got a little bit right there by my feet. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, like, I'm obsessed with having this conversation because now I'm just like, holy shit, this is all coming out. Yeah. Um. Another way that, like, I wanted to dive into self-sabotage was, like, the pro- the procrastination. I procrastinate like a motherfucker um and it's such a terrible habit that i have i'll always be like oh i can just do it later why am i gonna do it later when i literally have the time to do it right now and i could just get it out of the way and like i feel like that's how you build healthy habits is by for one like holding yourself accountable with things like that even if it's like the smallest thing ever clean making my bed in the morning i feel like it just sets the tone for the day and it's like instead of me waiting to do it later why not do it right now when i have the time to do it right now Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, that was making my bed was a big
1: thing for yeah. me. Also, it's like,
0: I think that laziness is a, self, a form of self-sabotage. It for sure is. And for me, I love to snuggle in my bed. So There's I'm a difference like, between laziness bed, though, and rest. Yes. No, there is a difference. Yeah. But I know like I make my bed every single morning because, yes, it sets the tone for the day. And now I know that my bed is made and I will not get back in that damn bed until... I go to bed at night. That's why I usually nap like on my couch and stuff because I don't. It's so funny
1: because the book I'm reading, Atomic Habits, actually, and I noticed that I started doing this after reading that book, is making sure that you have – um set areas for certain things because then your mind is now programmed to only think of your bed as the place where you go to sleep to think about the couch as the place where you watch tv to think about the table as the place where you do your work it's like it it, it's like this um training that you're doing with your with your brain to like instead of me putting my laptop in my bed where I'm going to stay up for like five hours watching Netflix and then get exhausted and not wake up early in the morning. Now I know it's like, no, if I'm getting in my bed, it's because I'm going to sleep. Well,
0: your brain actually navigates that way. And I learned this back in high school. Um, My dad taught me that you, it's like muscle memory for your brain. So if you study in the place that you're going to take the test, Mm -hmm. you will remember more of what you studied than if you study somewhere else. Yeah.
1: And I just think that that's wild. It's like something so small, like just setting a designated area for something that you need to do or that you want to do creates that habit for yourself, well, which we're, then, yeah, we're
0: creatures of habit, which repetition. then decreases
1: that whole like procrastination thing. And I'm like, holy shit, like this actually works. Like I saw myself doing it and I was like, this has literally become muscle memory now. And it was wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Another one was, I think P- picking fights.
0: I was just about to say that. I think, too, sometimes people self-sabotage like for a a number of reasons. Out of fear, insecurity, boredom, um, when they're (laughs) triggered. But I I brought this up to Alina earlier because it still makes me laugh because I think sometimes she self-sabotages out of boredom. (laughs) And I'll never forget Alina was dating someone and she was like, yeah, things are getting too comfortable. I'm bored. I think I'm going to start a fight today. And I was like, bitch what I
1: was like you do you but guilty (laughs) (laughs) I was like okay let me know how that goes yeah I'm guilty I'm not gonna lie I so I'm a Sagittarius and usually that means that I like adventure and I like thrill this is exactly why I will hop on a flight and just fucking leave yeah she also does that Yeah,
0: I'll call her and be like Hey, what are you doing? Like on Wednesday and it's like literally Monday or Tuesday. And then she's like, I'm in Mexico. I'll get back <laughs> next week. And I'm like, Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So like my thing is is if I get bored, I tend to run. usually leave, actually. And I- she doesn't
0: mean just like run or like go somewhere else. She means like I'm getting out of the country.
1: I'm like, bye. I need to go ground myself. Um I need so- to go ground myself in a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I look, like, I'm aware that I do it. I know when I'm doing it and I've tried to figure out different ways of stopping that habit and like creating a healthier and more productive way it, though. of like, doing she'll it. She'll text me now yeah. when like,
0: Hey, just so you know, I'm looking at flights right now and I'm like,
1: okay. And be like, this is close why the tab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not leaving today. Yeah. So I, I do get bored and then like so the reason that Taylor brought this up actually is because a lot of people have the tendency to self-sabotage by either starting arguments or by actually not even saying anything at all. Mm-hmm. And I have I'm I know that I've been both. So with my 3-year f- relationship, I know that I for a fact would hold everything in and I would not talk. Like I would just be a fucking mute. Well, I- I'm literally the same way. Yeah and which i think is funny but this but see the thing is is that i knew why i wouldn't talk i was dating someone that didn't have the emotional or mental capacity to hold space for me to talk about my feelings so why would i then talk it makes no sense yeah i guess where my, oh go ahead, go ahead whereas like for the other side where i pick fights <laughs> um it's not like, if, if, if I'm picking a fight, it's not serious. It's usually like, I want to like banter type thing. That's what I meant when I yeah. said that. Picking some banter. Oh, this petty eye rolls. Yeah, I'm be, I want to be petty for a second. Like, let me be dramatic. It's also the Latina in me. Um, <laughs> Never doubted it.
0: But, no, I agree with you. I think, like, I would do the whole not vocalizing my feelings thing, but maybe from like a different place. Uh-huh. Um, I think for me... It it's funny because, like, I'm outwardly a very confident person. Like, I walk into a room yelling and talking to anyone. And I'm very much myself and I'm comfortable being talking. I'm just, like, comfortable with that, I guess. But it's like my outward confidence isn't always reflective of my inward confidence. Like, Uh I think that I'm probably the most insecure, secure person that you will ever meet. Like. Without a doubt. And I think when it comes to um, relationships, I always feel like when somebody gets to know me, then they're going to leave or I don't trust that they'll stay because like I'm not worthy enough. So I I hold in what I feel about somebody and don't say it because you think
1: that the minute that you vocalize it,
0: not even the minute that I vocalize it, it's just like in the back of my my head. head Yeah. And it's like in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I know they're going to leave. So why would I ever tell them? And I've been in positions where someone has sat me down and been like, look, what do you want? How do you feel? Where do you see this going? Like, I like, let me know. But in my head, I'm like, why can't you tell me first? And so I sit there and I don't say anything. And then I know that that person, if I don't like open up right then and there, that that person's going to walk out and leave and I just let them because I can't I can't
1: like when when I say I it's so interesting I that you're saying with this. vulnerability
0: because it's like
1: it literally doesn't come out of my mouth. But it's interesting that you're saying this, even though in the first few up ep- in the first few minutes of this episode, you were just saying how you would rather try versus not try at all. And then, Well, see, I would always rather try like
0: I don't give up on people. And even in that situation, I, I. But you can't try to the extent where you vocalize how you feel with someone? Well, yeah. Well, I. I it's very hard for me to vocalize yeah. how I feel. And, you know, that's more so in my past relationships. Like, I know. Yeah. Like now. I've I grown, know you've gotten so much better I've at it. So that's so much for sure. better. But for me, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it's almost contradictive of one another, mm-hmm. but it's also my. The, how I navigate relationships too is kind of like I don't give up on someone. Like, if I see potential and I'm happy, and I also think it's because I'm so damn picky that when I'm not sick of somebody after a period of time, I'm like, I'm not letting you off that easy. We're going to make this work. And I try and I forgive and like we work together on it, whatever. But I will not walk away until I am done. But I also think I'm the no backseas type where once i'm really done and i walk away i will never go back so i think i also take the risk of like trying and trying and trying because i know once i finally decide like okay now this yeah. is done we're never getting back together i'm never picking picking up where we left off yeah type
1: thing i get that um but it is kind of contradictive. A, a little bit, but I think that's also like your old self versus your current self. So, yeah. like, it's kind of relevant, but it's also kind of not because I feel like you're already steering towards the right direction anyway. Yeah, but I, I just, but I I just wanted to like leaps touch and up on balance of growth, yeah. in, in that area. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm
0: definitely way better at communicating than I to. you.
1: Overthinking. Uh, that would be Taylor's territory.
0: Um, She's an
1: expert at this one.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I'm an overthinker it's a rough life you know you could it could be as simple as somebody being like hey question for you and then it takes them like 20 minutes to respond and i spend (laughs) every second of those 20 minutes being like what could they ask me what do they want do i answer like ask me the question first and then give me the response i just think it's like an anxiety thing overthinking like somebody could say something to me and and then I'm thinking about what it means, but um,
1: yeah, I think I do think that it's probably linked to like anxiety and stuff. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie because I don't have anxiety and I don't have it's honestly, to it's hard
0: it's hard to understand anxiety and overthinking if you don't have it. yeah, because there's really like no logical reason for it other yeah. than, yeah, it's just like I spiral. And then a lot of times what I'm overthinking really is nothing. What i feel like i things- feel like
1: overthinking can lead you to even like start spiraling like in your relationships and stuff yeah like it just makes you come up with scenarios in your head that like are not even going to happen yeah and then you start to like yeah. worry your partner and then like now your partner is in this clusterfuck too yeah and it's even worse if your partner's also an overthinker
0: yeah i think like com- that's why communicating too is super important which is something that and while I'm dating now, like I've prioritized because I know if you're an overthinker, you have to be with and you have to be a really great communicator
1: mm-hmm.
0: or you're going to spiral. Yeah, I just think I overthink in all aspects, I guess I overthink. Like if I make a decision, then I think about the decision I made. and I'm like, oh, well, what would happen to my, the other one? Like, what is the person going to think? How are they going to react? And I also think like I'm very conscious of
1: not wanting to hurt people's feelings. Um, the next thing that I kind of wanted to bring up was when you have like a good thing and you don't like allow yourself to just let it be good. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly looking for something to be wrong with it. And like you have this like thought process of like this is too good to be true and that's definitely a very, very, very obvious form of self-sabotage.
0: And I honestly do that and then it wasn't until I started seeing someone who also does that. And thinks, like, I'm too good to be true. And like, they're like, tell me what's wrong with you. Like, constantly looking for flaws. And I'm like, that's going to yeah, sabotage like, the relationship. Like that comment you're going to of- find
1: a flaw if that's all you're looking for. Yeah. There are good people out in the world. I don't know what that comment even means. Yeah. Like, there are people who are self-aware and who are able to forgive and who are, you know, just genuine good people. And there's, like, I don't understand why sometimes people have that thought process of like let me question it and let me find a flaw in you and let me find out like that you are a shitty person basically.
0: Yeah. Or like there's something wrong or something I'm not seeing because yeah. this is new and exciting. And um honestly I never realized until I started seeing an overthinker that it, it like is actually very difficult for the other person too. Like I always kind of thought like it was a lot on me mentally. Uh-huh. And now I can see that for the other person like it goes a lot of ways because then you have the person on the other end of your overthinking who's kind of feeling like they constantly have to be explaining like calming you down or pulling you off the ladder because it's you spiral
1: yeah i feel like another form of self-sabotage which it's more self-sabotaging like your own personal growth is when you think that like the whole world is against you and you start blaming everyone for everything and like I think that that's such a it's I feel like it's more of a cop out. Yeah. And it's like, when do you take self responsibility for some of the things that are going on in your life? And, you know, not everything is out to like get you. Sometimes some some things are meant to just teach you a lesson and then for you to kind of like move forward and learn from that. Yeah. And and a lot of times, too,
0: for you to get to this to this great thing right here, this shitty thing has to happen. You have to go through failures like it's just
1: unavoidable.
0: And pains and hurt and all that. But I also think like we, we aren't responsible for everything that happens to us. Correct. But we are responsible for how how we react react to it. it, Yeah. And what do we do now? Okay. Well, we can sit and sulk and self-sabotage or crawl into a hole or quit, or we can find a way to work around it. Don't take no for an answer. Take a different route. Yeah. Like, let that person know like hey like, especially with overthinkers like sometimes as an overthinker i just need to be reminded like hey like i care about you i i'm i'm not going anywhere like, and that's where vocalizing
1: your needs is so important mm-hmm. which we did not touch on yeah I think it's so important for you to always vocalize what it is that you need from your partner. Your partner is not going to guess what you need or want in that moment. Sometimes, and this will always stay stuck in my brain from now on, is sometimes you need to teach your partners what it is that you need in moments of you know, sadness, anger. You just need to teach them what it is that you Sometimes all you need is for them to give you a hug. Yeah. And they don't know that. I don't. And sometimes you need to vocalize those things like, hey, I don't need your advice. I just need you to listen to me. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need I just want you to listen to me and then give me a hug and comfort me. And sometimes that does wonders for people.
0: Yeah. And like I know for me. People get confused because I'm a person that needs a lot of attention and I like the validation and I like the attention and I like the conversation. But I'm also a person who hates clinginess. Yeah. So there's like a line that I'm constantly straddling because I always want my space. But I also need a lot of I attention. Think, I think
1: w- what you need is more of quality time. I don't think it's a matter of like spending 24-7 with someone. It's like you spending an hour with someone and making sure that they they have their full focus and attention on you.
0: Yeah. And like... Quality over quantity. Yes, and I like the reassurance and like I I need the trust because I don't care if you go out and you're at a to a club and you're surrounded by a bunch of girls like that doesn't bother me, but it would bother me if I didn't trust you. Yeah, if we didn't have that like correct reassurance and communication. Yeah, another thing too I think about like I know my sister does this like she'll go off the grid. And not hit anybody up, not text anybody back when she's like hurting Mm -hmm. and then be like, why, like, why does nobody care? Why isn't anyone reaching out to me? And I feel like that's also a form of self-sabotage because I'm like, dude, if you're you're acting like nobody cares and and nobody's checking up
1: on you, but you're, you're literally put yourself in that situation. The phone works both ways. Yeah, like, if you're not willing to ask for help, it's, like, it's very hard for some people to know that you need it, Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that me and you have talked about before, it's, like, yes, it's hard to ask for help when you need it and, like, reach out to, like, your loved ones, but sometimes, like, you have to put your ego aside and ask for what it is that you need you know use your voice vocalize what it is that you need in that very moment from someone whether it's space and like we'll talk in like a couple of hours whether it's you know I just need a hug from you like everything that you think you need you should be able to tell your partner whether it's your partner in a relationship your friendships your your work environment like whatever it is you should always practice vocalizing those things it's super important i think i'm getting better at
0: that but i i also think that i'm it's very hard for me to ask for help yeah like i hate asking for help it so when i do like i really hope that the person is like accepting of it because i know if they're not then i'm like all right i'm never asking you for help i mean that's how i am yeah yeah or they're just like they need a mental break yeah I or think, they need to vent that's what i think that like i struggle most honestly for asking for help is anything revolving around my kid um i hate asking for help with that cuz i yeah. feel like i don't know and it and then i look at it too and i'm like why don't i ask for help because but i don't want to exhaust my resources either cuz i don't trust a lot of people with my son but it's also like i'm with the kid every single day all day, all night, except for Wednesdays and Sunday evenings, and I mean, I'm a, like, I'm a single mom, I work two jobs, I'm doing a podcast. It's just, like, so much. And so, if, like, one thing doesn't go my way in the day, then it's, like, I feel like I get nothing done during the day. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like that part, and when I'm really mentally drained, I just, I don't know, I don't want to ask for help. I don't know. But I'm
1: getting better at it, so. Yeah. Yeah, so... We kind of wanted to wrap up this episode with, you know, why, I guess, we self-sabotage and, you know, like, what causes us to self-sabotage and have that whole imposter syndrome thing going on. Uh, I feel like for a lot of people, it actually has to do with their childhood. I think that it's linked with, like, traumatic experiences and you we, had to cope in a certain way when that experience was occurring and then it eventually just kind of like reappears later on in your adult life so then your automatic response on how to deal with that same situation is in the same way that you dealt with it as a kid so it's like until you or it's the opposite what
0: your response is opposite of from how you acted when you were a kid i think it could be both cuz i feel like you like the way you handled what you went through with your parents you then did the opposite by ending things first, so you were not left.
1: Ah, I see what she did there. Hey, she's kind of smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, you are right. Actually, um, you either cope with it in the same way that you coped with it when you were a kid, or you cope with it in the complete opposite, which which is in the way that you needed it. To mm. be handled when you were a child, which is so interesting to me because shit, you're right. I'm like fucking mind blown right
0: now. <laughs> oh my fuck! I think in some scenarios too, the way you would have coped with it could help you in some scenarios. Yeah, but repeating the same exact pattern over and over and over again doesn't help you at all. It's not going to ha- help you. You want to yeah. be you want to be conscious in like your decision, not just repeating a behavior at, from a negative reaction over and over again because it's familiar and again kind of what we were saying earlier i feel like we will repeat a negative behavior over and over and over again because it's comfortable and just because something's comfortable doesn't mean that That it's it's right it's safe or it's right like i think familiarity feels safe when a lot of times it could be
1: so much more detrimental than we realize yeah i mean you don't grow when you go back into the comfortable Mm -hmm. there is zero growth in that like you've already clearly learned the lesson in that space so it's like why not push yourself to get uncomfortable to expand your mind a little bit grow as a person be a better human being heal whatever it is that you've been through um so yeah i i feel like staying in your comfort zone is actually not the best thing that you could do for yourself
0: yeah and i think identifying your triggers is super important um i think that just talking to yourself about how you feel in certain moments like for me whenever i get anxious i'm like why do i feel anxious is it because i'm scared is it because i something feels off do i not trust something am i feeling insecure yeah or am i feeling not validated here and first and foremost it's important for you to communicate with That with yourself because I think you can identify your reactions to your triggers. And I know for me, I self-sabotage the most as a reaction to when I am feeling scared that I might get hurt or scared that I'm not worthy of being with someone. Like I I that's when I get triggered. So identifying that with myself and then opening up to a partner about that, like or in whatever relationship it is. Getting to that point, I think then you open the door to allow them to work on that with you. Because if they know, like, hey, I know when I do this, or I know in this circumstance, then they know how to better handle feels and better,
1: better assist yeah, you. Yeah,
0: she's going to spiral and overthink. And then that's when they self sabotage. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like communicating in harmony will achieve a different outcome than if you try to do everything on your own and yeah. self, end up self sabotaging. I
1: agree. Um, I feel like that topic of, like, fear of failure and, like, the need for control um, are so big when it comes to, like, why we do these things. And I, I don't know. I feel like the best thing, like, for me when it comes to, like, the whole control thing is you're literally never in control. Ever. And I think that the minute that you let that sink in and really understand that then you learn how to like go with the flow and let things go that literally don't matter i think it's important to focus on the things that you can control which is literally like everything internally with yourself everything outside of you is outside of your control Mm -hmm. so and and
0: externally a little bit with yourself like like control, you can control waking up and making your bed, and where you do your work, yeah. and like where you sleep, and so like controlling those things. Yeah, like focus on what you can control, and then focus on how you will react to things that are out of your
1: control. Yeah, and then like this whole idea of like the fear of failure. I don't know. I for me, you, I, I think if you're failing, you're growing, you're learning, you're becoming a better human being. And you're on your way to whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So I I don't know. Maybe that's just the mindset that I personally have. But it's really hard for me to be like, oh, I'm scared of failure when I know that ultimately that leads me to where I, it is that I want to go.
0: Yeah. I think um, your desire to end with a win needs to be greater than your current fear of failure, and I know for me, um, I hate to lose, and <laughs> I hate to lose more than I love to win. So I would rather, hmm. I would rather tie or like get farther than where I am right now and not win because I'm not losing. If that makes any does, sense at does. all. So we're it's not crazy we're not, how
1: much sense that makes. I know,
0: because we're not always going to win. And like, that is okay. We're going to be farther than where we were before. But like, I just freaking hate to lose. So, really random example Taylor playing any sort of board game is a nightmare. But I could play this. I could play sorry against you and we could play 20 rounds and I could lose 19 of those rounds. But if I win one round, I'm like, I'm done. I'm happy. I didn't lose. <laughs> Even though she did. Like Even though time. I lost
1: 19 times, I won one. So I'm, oh, I can my rest God. my head easy tonight. That is so funny. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I hope that this episode just kind of like shed some light for a lot of people as to how we self-sabotage literally in our daily lives and we don't even realize it and
0: it's way more it's like it there's way more legs and branches to self-sabotage than i even realized
1: there's more than we could fit into this one hour episode guys literally wow um no but seriously like really hope this opened up your eyes to all the bullshit that we do as human beings on the the daily because I know that self sabotage is definitely something that all of us do, and sometimes we just aren't even aware of it. So, hopefully, this kind of makes you guys realize, like, oh shit, like that's what I do. Yeah. And now this is how I can break that pattern like, and how what? I can move forward. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're done. I can't. She's done. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week, it? Just got done. real.
0: It shit just got real.